Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morris. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of this fabulous podcast that I am hosting. I am super pumped to talk to my next guest. Her name is Tanya Christina, and I've known her for quite a few years, actually. Uh, She was actually my roommate at the first uh, FinCon that I went to in New Orleans a couple years back. And ever since then, we just kept touch. And when she's in town, Toronto, she lives in Montreal, we'll, you know, grab a bite to eat and just uh, chit chat and catch up. And last time we did that, I'm like, hey, girl, why aren't you on my podcast? And she's like, I don't know. So she's on my podcast today. Uh, Not only is she a personal finance uh, blogger and freelance writer, she is the blogger behind Blonde and Balanced. She's also a certified financial planner, and she has a crazy story. Um, She, you know, was working as a CFP, and then the market crash happened, and her whole world got turned upside down. And ever since then, she has put some kind of safeguards in place and just hustled to the max. So she would never be in that, you know, kind of financial situation again. Cause Hey, I, I totally like that. That was a terrible time in my life too. And I never want to go back. And that's why I'm doing everything in my power to be prepared financially if something does happen again. So with all that being said, let's get to the program. Thanks Tanya for joining me on the show today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Jess. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So um, let's kind of start from the beginning because you have a very interesting path. You're a certified financial planner and also a personal finance blogger. So let's start from the beginning. You know, your first career was a certified financial planner. How did you decide to go into that career? Were you always interested in um, personal finance or? No, I wasn't. Um, (laughs) I actually was really bad with money as a teenager. And even in my twenties, um, I moved from Ontario to Montreal to go to school and I was actually accepted into the French program. Yeah. And when I got here, I was working, you know, like retail jobs and at cafes and stuff. And I, it was just, it wasn't enough to pay for school and pay expenses, Mm -hmm. you know, living on my own and stuff. So I started working at a bank. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was a good job. There was good benefits. I could work full time and still go to school. And I became obsessed with money. You worked full time while going to school? I did. Yeah. Wow. School full time. Good for you. Thank you. you. (laughs) I mean, wow. It can be done. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. That's awesome. School full time and work full time. And um, I did it still in four years. So it didn't set me back at all. And I had always planned to come back to Ontario. And the bank was like, Hey, you graduated and you've already been working for us for three years. Why don't you become a financial planner? And I was like, why don't I become a financial planner? Like, yeah, that, that sounds like a, you know, that makes that sense. Seems great. So I did, I stayed in Montreal and I, I did my financial planning courses. It took two years. And mm-hmm. in 2007, I officially became a certified financial planner and went into the bank branch and started selling investments. Wow. So as a certified financial planner, I know it seems like sometimes um, 
certain planners do different things. So did you kind of help people like people would walk in and you just kind of give them a, a, a financial plan or, or were you more focused on specific investing or? It was a little bit of both. So when I went into the branch, I had a book of clients that I had to develop and obviously be in contact with to make sure that their financial needs were being met for all bank products. But the focus was investment and retirement planning. So when that comes into play, of course, you know, as people get older, estate planning comes into play. And when people pass on, it's dealing with their families and everything. But it's always been money management as the focus for, you know, 40, 50 and then 60 and over year olds. So mostly investments and retirement planning. Okay, that's interesting. And I'm just curious, um, are you kind of a, a planner by nature? Is that part of the draw for you becoming a certified financial planner? I am. I'm like crazy yeah. <laughs> OCD obsessive. Like, oh my God, that's an inch off the corner. Could you right align it, please? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, so that was great. Um, and, you know, the, the crazy thing is I am super organized and obviously I'm good with money, but I wasn't mm. back then. In my 20s, I was like $50,000 in debt and I would go to work every day and tell people everything they needed to do to get out of debt and save for their retirement and everything like that and be able to afford the lifestyle they want regardless of their income because of the planning. And I wasn't even doing mm. it. Mm-hmm. So so you were giving good advice, but not necessarily living by your own Not advice. taking it at all. And then yeah. I turned 30 and I had like my pre-midlife crisis and I was like, I need to get yeah. my act together. Like I Mm -hmm. can do this. I know it's not like I have to learn. I know exactly what to do. I'm just too lazy to do it. And I completely turned my life around. And Mm -hmm. now I'm just as crazy about money as I was with planning and organization in my 20s. Yeah. Did you end up paying off your um, student loan? I did. So some of that money was student loans. Some of it was just stupid spending on credit cards and lines of credit. And then... I figured I'm 27. I'm a professional. I think I'll buy a brand new car because now I have a full-time job as a financial planner and I'm so awesome. And eight months later, the market crashed. (gasps) Yeah. So let's talk about that (laughs) because that's, I mean, that's insane. Like when the market crashed, you were kind of in your career, you know, starting your adult (laughs) life and you're like, finally, I can enjoy the fruits of my labor and then, then the crash. Then crash of everything. My whole life came crashing down. I was 100% commission as a financial planner. And wow. people were hoarding cash. People, not only were they not investing, they're screaming at me because they think that I lost all their money because I'm the person managing it. And it, mm-hmm. it, was t- it was tough. I had no income. I had a ton of stress from not having any money and not being able to pay bills. And I mean, you could... I could tell everybody to have an emergency fund, but if you have three mm-hmm. months and you're mar- in, you know, it's three months of living expenses, what about everything yeah. else that costs money in life? You know? So. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's great to have a three months worth of emergency fund, but they may not help you when there's like a economic crash that lasts years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So how do you plan for that? <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. I have no money. We, um, I'm lucky to be in a relationship. So we had to move apartments, obviously sell the car. I considered bankruptcy. I even went to bankruptcy counselor to look at my options. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know how I would get, I had 
my whole world came crashing down, personal, financial, professional, everything. And I was sitting in the bankruptcy office and she was like, you're going to lose this. You're going to get rid of this. Your student loans will happen. Like, you know, this will happen. And I was like, you know what? This sounds messy and it's not for me. I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to just figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I started freelancing because I was a financial planner. I already had some credibility and I answered mm-hmm. an ad on Craigslist for a financial mm-hmm. blog. Um, that's awesome. That, in 2009, that's the only way you could get work. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. You know, blogging wasn't as big as it is today. So mm-hmm. there was you know less sites and less work. And I answered an ad on Craigslist for a company called Dinks Finance. And mm-hmm. I did, I started blogging daily. And I, from there, I got contacts and people would you know, email me and say, Hey, we liked your article. I work for so-and-so company. Can you do this? And I started writing web pages, financial information for company web pages. And I did a lot of free work just to show what I could mm-hmm. do. For- yeah. That's un- the unfortunate <laughs> part of, you know, starting, starting as a freelancer is you have to work for free sometimes. You do. And you know what? That's okay. Because to make, you know, 150 $200 an hour, you have to start from the bottom and now we're here. So yeah, it's exactly. okay. <laughs> I think I think that was a beautiful line by well, Drake. Thank you. I like the Canadian <laughs> shout out right there. <laughs> yes, I love it. Toronto. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's that's awesome that you kind of took, you know, what some people would think is, you know, that's is the end of my life. I should just throw in the towel, but you took it as an opportunity to, you know, figure it out, better yourself and make it work. And that's awesome. That's a great lesson that I think a lot of people live by when something bad happens, something good can happen if you just, you know, do something different. Yeah. I mean, if I was probably single, it could have went another way, you know, but I had Mm -hmm. someone being Mm -hmm. saying it's okay. It's temporary. Let's just make changes. And, you know, you can sit on your couch and be sad as much as you want, but that's not changing anything. Exactly. It's not going to help anything. That's not a solution. No. So wallow for a couple of days or, you know, a week, but then get off your couch and get over it. That's the only, it sounds really terrible, but that's it. That's no, it's like, this is adult life. Being an adult is hard. So get yeah, used to it's it. not like a, you can just go to bed and your mom makes you pancakes in the morning. Like you got no, you have to it's work. like you got to make some money for those pancakes, <laughs> yeah. so you got to make them yourself, and they may come from a and box. Then, yeah, and then you need the syrup, <laughs> and that's expensive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, and now I have eight jobs. So I turned my. I turned, <laughs> that's a lot of jobs. I turned my little Craigslist ad into a, a somewhat media, freelance side hustle career. Yeah. And so, and you've been doing that for, I mean, it's 2016. If you started that in 2009, that's several years. Yeah. Seven years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I continue to do it. I mean, I'm thankful that I still do have a job in corporate banking and I do work nine mm-hmm. to five for an investment firm, but I mm-hmm. come home and I still, you know, those are the people who got me through and I still have some of the same clients that I had yeah. back in 2009. And I just, I can't let that relationship go. They were there for me. I mean, of course they yeah. didn't know what I was going through. They just know that they hired yeah. a writer. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't let that go. And I like having multiple streams of income. You know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to do it full time for myself because I do like the stability of a corporate job and, you know, getting up and going to work every day. And it's nice having benefits and that structure. Yeah. Yeah. I like having, you know, a pension plan and a group RSP. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I never had that in my 20s because I was irresponsible. (laughs) So. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's nice. I, I like it. But I also like to come home and work as much or as little as I want, depending on how much work I want to take that month or that quarter and mm-hmm. be able to spend it or save it as I wish and not have to worry that if I do spend it on vacation that I won't be able to pay rent or won't be able to eat. And yes, I'm 35 and I'm a financial planner and I still pay rent. I yeah, don't well, have hello. a mortgage. <laughs> It, it no like believe me you know you know my stance yeah. in the whole housing thing it's like i don't have a million dollars so yeah i for, rent i live in toronto what do you expect right? oh you don't have a million dollars for 500 square feet is that not on your plan for life oh my gosh uh, no joke before we just started chatting i was on facebook and i saw this article that was shared and it was like I, I think the percentage was something crazy, like 80 to 90% of homes in Vancouver are now worth a, over a million dollars. And I'm like, okay, this is literally like, who no, I'm never going to own a that? house. And I don't, who? I don't know. Where is that it's insane. Person? I don't know. I, I, I would like to be their friend. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and do they have kids and a dog? Like, where are you living exactly. for a million dollars yeah. in downtown Vancouver, I, downtown Toronto? I, it has to be tiny, I'm sure. It's, it, it's got to be tiny and falling down. I, I don't know. It's Although insane. the developers so, making money, that's who we need to be friends with. We need to be friends with yes. the guy charging them the million dollars. We should probably do that. We should probably do that. But no, I, I totally get I'll probably still be renting because it's just it's not the same uh, time, you know, it was for our parents where you could actually I mean, my parents bought their first home in their early 20s with you know, I think it was me and my older sister and we were both little kids and they were able to actually afford to buy a house with land. And it's like, no, we cannot do that. And we definitely have more money than my parents did. (laughs) You know, like we're older and we have more money and we still can't do that. It's just a different thing. Yeah. And even if you buy the house, you're not getting land. You're getting neighbors, like in your You're getting neighbors and they're, (laughs) they might share a wall with you, you know, it's just insane. Uh, so, no, I absolutely, going back to when you said that you had eight jobs, I love that idea because I'm so pro having multiple streams of income. I've always had a second job and I never thought I would. Honestly, I had the whole dream of once I finished university and I get some full-time job, then I'd just be living life and enjoying myself until I realized how expensive everything was. <laughs> the life cost money. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, what? I didn't think this was how much things were. And so, yeah, like when I was, you know, finished university, um, I and I was trying to find a full-time job. I got this, um, you know, my, that teleprompter operator job that was just like kind of a random job on the side. I thought I'd only keep it for a few months until I found my full-time job. Ended up being a teleprompter operator for three and a half years. Oh my goodness. Cool. Yeah. Because it's like the money was so good. I was paid like $25 an hour to literally just, you why know, not? scroll this little dial. And I'm like, why not? And ever since then, I've you just kind of get used to having a second job or a third job and it's it's not a big deal. You do. You st- I still see friends and family and ha- enjoy, you know, the fruits of my labor, but now I don't worry about, you know, not being able to afford something because I'm like, I know there's a, probably a way I can make money to afford that. Yeah, exactly. It just takes the stress out of the, I mean, yes, you're working it more, does. but the benefits are so much more worth it. Exactly, exactly. And so you eventually hope to not, um, you know, kind of turn all of your freelance businesses so you can be self-employed like lots of people do today. You just want to kind of, you know, build up your net worth. So one day you could be like, 
and I'm done. I don't, I don't need to work a second or third or fourth or eighth <laughs> job. I'm, I'm good with my one job. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have any intention of quitting my corporate job because I actually really do love it. And it get, it's something different than what I do in my freelance work. So, mm-hmm. or at least it mm-hmm. used to be when I was a financial planner, I've since made a career change and now I actually do work in digital marketing. Um, mm-hmm. but I do different things in my freelance work. Some of it is just pure writing. Some of it is consulting for, you know, digital mm-hmm. marketing strategies. And then a part of it is social media management and coaching. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a freelance income stream, but it's still multiple things. So if ever one day I decide, eh, I don't really want to do the consulting thing anymore, I would still have two other streams of revenue. Exactly. So I, I love it. And yeah, you know, it's hard work, but in order to make money, you have to work. So if I decide I don't want to do that one day, then that's fine. I still have my corporate job that covers my basic living expenses, but I wouldn't, you know, get to travel or like you said, if something comes up, I know that it's not the end of the world financially, whereas five or 10 years ago, it would have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, just, I want to pick your brain a little bit since you are a certified financial planner. What were some of the, um, maybe, key things that you would tell some of your clients when you're a financial planner, things that many people always like very popular questions that you got that you're like, this is so simple. I don't know why people don't know this. What kind of tips would you like to share with me? Today? Oh my goodness. The first tip. <laughs> Putting you on the yeah. spot. <laughs> first of all, this is 150 an hour. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Uh-oh, free sorry. advice, folks. <laughs> money, mo houses. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, all right. So the first thing is, the put your eggs in ba- like all your eggs in one mm-hmm. basket thing. People, absolutely. you know, that's the biggest objection I get where I'm like, Hey, Mr. Client, write me a check for your fortune of 500,000. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, you're only getting a hundred thousand. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because mm-hmm. everybody says, don't put your eggs in one basket. And folks, that does not mean institution. Okay. Yeah. okay. It means diversify your investments. Now, of course, you can over diversify, which is never good because you don't get to take advantage of all the ups, right? If you don't have enough right. money in there, you're not taking advantage. And if you have too much, you could get killed when the market crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it means to have a good mix. If you want to have some in cash for an emergency, do that. And that doesn't, you know, that could be a high interest savings account, but it could also be a, a money market mutual fund. Um mm-hmm. And have some in Canadian, have some in foreign, not too much because yeah. you're taking additional yeah. risk there. Um, and even Canadian, you know, you could have dividend equity and then blue chip equity and small cap equity. That yeah. is diversified. Mm-hmm. So the people who have money a little bit everywhere, I mean, this is going to sound morbid, but when you pass away, it's a nightmare for your family. There uh, no, that's that's really interesting, and that's important to think about. Like I think about that. Like it's in the, my plans, the works in the coming weeks. I am going to get a will, and I keep on telling my husband this. I'm like, we need to get a will. He's like, do you want me to die? Like, why would you keep bringing it up? I'm just like, because I just want to make sure that we're organized in case something happens. And you know, that's that's the other thing. So the first thing is diversify, but you can do it with the same financial planner. Yeah, absolutely. You know, have that one relationship that you're confident with or that your family has been with and passed down to you if you're, you know, our our age and our parents have dealt with somebody or choose your own. But banks and brokers can buy so many different products right now. 
that you can, you're not limited in any way by yeah. the same person. And the second thing is, I don't care how old you are and I don't care how much money you think you have or don't have, get a will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just the logistics of even a bank account. If you have a bank account with like $300 in it, you still need a yeah. will. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have group benefits with your employer, life insurance and retirement plans, and it will be a nightmare for your family to get you know, they're grieving and it's, that takes mm-hmm. time. And yeah. then on top of that, to have financial stress and things to deal with is it's so awful. So plan for retirement um, or, mm-hmm. you know, plan for life for your family after death at mm-hmm. any age. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, and especially millennials like us, I don't feel like they realize how important that is I don't think so. until you really experience it yourself, you know, maybe with someone in your family passing away and you really see how, you know, difficult organizing all of that is, you may not realize how important it is to do. And honestly, yeah, it's, it doesn't matter what age you are. You should definitely look into doing it. Yeah, that. absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Uh, before we go, sorry. I can't believe I almost said goodbye. I want to talk about your kind of latest, um, you know, projects because you do have eight jobs and you freelance a lot. One of the blogs that you blog at is called Blonde and Balance. Yes, it is. So I'm a fake blonde trying to find. <laughs> I'm not like you. I'm sure, most blonde. No, well, you know what? I'm more of a ging. Quite honestly, I'm more ginger. Uh, I used to be blonde I, when so we were anymore. younger, right? Yeah, and then it I was so blonde. I darker. know, and then it just got darker, <laughs> and now it's kind of weird ginger. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm a fake blonde trying to find a real balance, and that's mm-hmm. you know between spending and saving because I did go through that shopaholic five credit cards in a line of credit phase of my life where I thought having a really nice apartment and a ton of clothes and eating out at fancy restaurants is going to make me happy. And it didn't. It took three years and eight jobs to pay off my debt. So, you know, now I live, you know, honestly, when I was debt free, I was terrified to spend money. Yeah, because you never want to go back. You don't want to go back to eating rice and beans. Like, no, that's a bad time in life. So I was terrified. And then now I'm learning that it's okay within limits. And that's the balance I'm trying to find right now between being happy and whether that be spending money or not spending money, but being happy with my money life and being comfortable with my personal life. And of course, there's always that work-life balance since I do have a nine to five and freelance. I still have to find time to go to the gym and make dinner Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So we don't have any kids. Um, Mm -hmm. so obviously it's a lot easier to manage a schedule, but it's just finding a balance of everything in life between money and happiness. I totally agree, which is why my tagline is money life balance. Cause I am also, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to have more balance in my life with my, my life and my money and everything that goes with that. So I, I think that's awesome. I hope everyone checks out Tanya's awesome blog. Thank you. And thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with me today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Jess. You're welcome. And that was Tanya Christina for episode 38 of the Momony podcast. Make sure to check out her blog, Blonde and Balanced, and check out the show notes for this episode, jessicamorehouse.com slash 
3838. Uh, and let me know what you think. You know, uh, you uh, like what you hear? I hope so. Please uh, give me an iTunes review. I really, really appreciate them. And I will give you a shout out on a future episode. So make sure you do that. And until next Wednesday, peace. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.